millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, today, I'm going to be looking at Srinath Raghavan's uh, excellent book, India's War. Um, we've looked at this book before a couple of times, and it's a, a really interesting um, social history, uh, more than I think anything else, of the development of the Indian Army uh, and the, the development of India um, and the, the relationship between India's wartime experience and the uh, struggle for independence after the Second World War. And, and perhaps the fact that after the Second World War, independence is, is a kind of like a fait accompli, um, that, uh, that there is, there's very little chance that the British would ever have been able to retain control of India uh, as a result of their uh, experience during the war and really the kind of the failings of, of, of the British in India and Southeast Asia during the war. This section looks at the Indian Army in Africa, um, particularly in, in North Africa, and how Indian soldiers uh, fought uh, along the, the great campaigns between uh, Egypt uh, and Libya. Um, Srinath Raghavan writes, General Archibald Wavell was enjoying his golf at the Gazira Club in Cairo. This is in 1940. About halfway through the 18 holes, 
the game was interrupted by his senior intelligence officer. The brigadier bore grave news. France had surrendered. Wavell paused and then moved on. I thought for a moment if there was anything I could do about it, um, he later recalled. There wasn't. So I went on with the game and was rather pleased that I did the next two holes in three and four. This was entirely in character. The commander-in-chief of the Middle East was a man who measured every move. His detached and taciturn demeanour masked a meticulous and imperturbable mind. Wavell's punctiliousness tended, however, to shade into more ponderous, uh, into ponderousness. Fortunately, his initial adversary in the Middle East was gripped by caution and indecisiveness. Unfortunately, his own political master itched for action. Wavell and Churchill had a, a very poor re relationship. Wavell was one of Churchill's better generals. Um, the, there, there was a personality clash between them. Churchill, as it says here, demanded action, often action when uh, for action's sake, when um, pausing and considering the right course of action uh, or the, the strategically wise course of action uh, is far, far more important. Uh, the number of blunders that Churchill makes during the war from uh, getting the Ark Royal sunk to um, getting the Prince of Wales and the Repulse sunk to uh, encouraging or, did, or ordering uh, troops to uh, be diverted from North Africa just at a, the pivotal moment when there was victory inside of North Africa to be sent to Greece, which was then lost, and then Crete, which was then lost, and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, um, Sir Alan Brooke, um, Churchill's um, later Chief of Imperial General Staff, uh, wrote in his diaries that part of his job was to stop Winston from doing things um, and to sift out the nine bad ideas he had every day and find the one, the one good one. Um, Wavell had taken over his post only a month before the war uh, in Europe. Uh, the Middle East Command lay spread-eagled from the shores of the Persian Gulf through Iraq and Transjordan through to Palestine and from Cyprus through to Egypt and Sudan and Somaliland. It's a, a hugely diverse region to uh, be to have a, a kind of military responsibility for and bec and it was as a, because of that it was a hugely um, uh, vulnerable to Axis attack, and here we have the this this region is really the linchpin of uh, the British Empire of of British power in the world. The multifarious strategic challenges of the command were matched by the range of political problems in almost every country that came under it, irreducible for Britain after the fall of France. The eastern Mediterranean, including the Suez Canal, was the windpipe of the, Brit of the British imperial communication system, and its defence dictated the need to dominate the sprawling region assigned to the command. The Mediterranean became an important theatre for yet another reason. In the summer of 1940, it was the only place where Britain could directly fight Axis forces. This was important to maintain morale, um, as to attract American aid and to unveil the French back into the war. Yet this prospect that Britain had, this was a prospect that Britain had striven to avoid. Not only had Chamberlain, the Chamberlain government, been keen on Italy continuing uh, its non-belligerence, but it forbade Wavell from making any move that might impair ties with Italy such as running intelligence networks in the Italian territories of North and East Africa. Nor had the Chiefs of Staff formulated any strategic plans for this theatre. 
Italy was an equally reluctant entrant into the Mediterranean campaign. The dissolution of Anglo-French defences in uh, May and June 1940 alarmed Mussolini, who was all too aware of the inadequacy of his own armed forces. He sought both to avoid all-out war and to prevent Germany from pocketing all the gains. In this event, the Duce decided on a parallel war, aimed at boosting Italy's prestige and share of the spoils. The only problem was that he had made no preparations for such a campaign. Indeed, he had not even informed his military chiefs that he intended to fight. Worse still, Mussolini refused to accept Hitler's offer of German mechanised forces to fight alongside the Italian army. So this was the context in which large numbers of Indian troops, alongside British troops, Australian troops um, and uh, other Commonwealth forces, would find themselves fighting. Wavell had used the previous year methodically to come to grips with the diverse tasks of his, of his command, to ponder operational plans and to initiate the preparation of a large administrative and logistics base in the Middle East. Following the Italian declaration of war on the 10th of June 1940, the forces under his command began raids and ambushes on Italian positions along the, uh, the Egypt-Libya frontier uh, in the Western Desert. Wavell could do no more because his command was numerically and materially inferior to the Italian forces in North Africa. Middle East command had a little over 80,000 men against the 415,000 Italians in the theatre. However, the Middle East command would uh, triumph in the end because of Wavell's organisation and the use of vehicles. Um, most of what the Italians tried to do, they tried to do on foot because it, um, Mussolini was Firstly, too proud to accept Hitler's offer and too disorganised to uh, arrange large numbers of trucks himself. So the Indian army, when it came to North Africa, would plug a, a vital manpower gap. It wasn't just manpower where Wavell was short, it was um, aircraft and artillery uh, as well. The Italian Air Force at this time, much bigger than the RAF, particularly the Western Desert Air Force um, that, that Wavell had to work with. Not surprisingly, Wavell chose to remain on the strategic, strategic defensive until his forces were increased, writes Ragavan. We cannot continue indefinitely to fight this war without proper equipment, he informed London at the end of July 1940. And I hope that Middle East requirements will be delayed no longer. So Churchill wasn't listening to this. He's not receptive to this at all. Britain has had... Uh, suffered a, an epic military humiliation in Europe um, uh, and as a result of the evacuation at Dunkirk. And Churchill wants a victory. He wants to be able to show the British public that he is capable of producing a victory. This is his chief interest. Um, the, uh, the the pressure that Churchill puts on Wavell, saying, well, can you do this? Could you do that? Could we do this? Could we do that? And Wavell saying, without the equipment, no, we can't. He would later observe that Churchill never realised the necessity for full equipment before committing troops to battle. Their meetings in August 1940 only served to reinforce this, uh, these impressions, and their relationship never really recovered from these early encounters. Meanwhile, the Italians equivocated. In Libya, Marshal Rodolfo Graziani, um, the chief of staff of the Italian army, had assumed direct command of the forces. 
Um, by sending him to Libya, Mussolini had evidently hoped to inject vigour and flourish into the lacklustre performance of the Italians in, the North, in North Africa so far. Graziani was undoubtedly his most distinguished soldier, a veteran and hero of the Sanusi War of 1931 and the conquest of Abyssinia of 1935-36. As chief of staff, Graziani um, had directed the commander in Libya to seize the initiative with an offensive against the British forces in Egypt. Now in Libya himself, um, though the marshal grew rather circumspect. He observed that his forces were not sufficiently mobile for fighting in the Western Desert and demanded ever more equipment. Deserts are notoriously bad places to uh, fight campaigns and you need um, mechanised forces. Uh, soldiers, if they walk for too long in the desert, will die of heat stroke. You need trucks bringing water and supply. Long deserts are are long things. You have long supply lines, uh, so it's um, something that you, you can't do without a lot of preparation. So Shunath Ragavan writes. Eventually, after much nudging and cajoling by Rome, Graziani's 10th Army com commenced an advance into Egypt on the 13th of September 1940. The marshal had originally planned to turn the British flank in the desert in a daring manoeuvre, but the lead brigade lost its way out here and the plan had to be aborted. Singed by this unpropitious start, Graziani turned ever more cautious. So the advance of the 13th of September was a languid affair led by uh, carefully positioned divisions. A British officer quipped that it resembled not, nothing so much as a birthday party in the Long Valley at Aldershot. Having trudged through 65 miles of desert, the Elephantine Common came to a halt at Sidi Barani, uh, um, <clears throat> a small fishing village on the coast, where, the, where Graziani's forces erected a monument to mark their glorious advance and dug themselves in a semicircle of defensive camps. Sidi Barani is um, a crucial point in this campaign, and it, it, the um, Allied and Axis armies crossed back and forth uh, through Sidi Barani on a number of occasions because the coast, the the, the kind of the, the, the coast of North Africa is a real kind of pinch point. If you go too far away from this this band of territory that runs along the coast from Egypt into Libya, you're in the desert, and that's where you know tanks get lost in in, in sinking sands and things like that. Um, the 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 open desert is very very difficult to um, to to navigate, and this 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 narrow strip of territory is of vital strategic importance. It's in, when you look at the North Africa campaign, the actual territories being fought over are very very small compared to other campaigns in in the Second World War in Russia or China. The numbers of men committed are very very small, and in strategic terms. For the the Germans, often North Africa was seen as as a sideshow. Um, but in terms of propaganda value and the passion that Churchill attached to it, and the significant the significance that Churchill attached to North Africa, is hugely hugely important. Italian propaganda went into overdrive, claiming that the British resistance has been smashed. A British commander observed that Sidi Barani, comprising a solitary mosque police post and a few mud huts had achieved an unexpected rise to a big city. Back home, the Italians bragged to the Germans that once Graziani reached the Nile Delta, the Arab world would rise in revolt. There was this 
um, and this is kind of like a hangover from the First World War. Uh, is it this idea that um, the, the the British, with large numbers of Muslims in the uh, the British Empire in India, and now dominating large numbers of, of um, Muslim peoples uh, across uh, the Middle East, uh, could be hugely vulnerable if, uh, for example, uh, the Axis powers could reach uh, Cairo. There were uh, Egyptian nationalists in Cairo, one of them later President Anwar Sadat, who were looking forward to the possibility of the Axis powers reaching, um, but that of course never occurs. In fact, the Italians have suffered nearly 2,000 casualties to, um, to delaying action by small groups of British forces. More importantly, Sidi Barani was over 80 miles from Mersa Matra, where Wavell's forces were concentrated. Had the Italians continued their advance, they may well have inflicted substantial damage on them. But Graziani's decision to stop at Sidi Barani proved a reprieve and passed the initiative to Wavell. So much of the Second World War is based on these moments uh, of indecision, of, of failure, um, of um, poor judgment. The by the way, the, the 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 desert, the impassable part of the desert I mentioned early on was known as the Katara Depression. And that was when uh, Montgomery um, planned the the Battle of El Alamein. Um, that was the, the kind of the the, uh, the sands, the, 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 the kind of the quagmireish sands that had to be avoided. Against Graziani's six divisions, Wavell and his subordinate commander of the Western Desert Force, Major General Richard O'Connor. O'Connor was probably the most successful British general of the Second World War. We'll, we'll come to that uh, shortly. Had a paltry force of two insufficient equipped divisions. The 7th Armoured Division consisted of two brigades, only one of which was fully equipped. The 4th Indian Division had two infantry brigades, the 5th and the 11th, each of which had two Indian and one British infantry battalions. The 4th Division had received its armoured regiment, the Central India Horse, only five weeks before the Italian offensive had begun. So they're, they're very new to, uh, to North Africa. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The 4th Indian Division was the first formation of the Indian Army to serve on the front line of the war. The Indian government had earmarked troops for dispatch to the Middle East even before the outbreak of hostilities. On the 22nd of July 1939, the Secretary of State for India, Zetland, had requested Lynn Lithgow to send them out immediately. The 11th Infantry Brigade with an artillery regiment had sailed from India and reached Suez in mid-August. Three weeks into the war, the 5th Infantry Brigade with a force at headquarters embarked for, um, uh, embarked for Suez. In Egypt, these units were amalgamated into the 4th Infantry Division, the 4th Indian Infantry Division, which was then placed under Middle East command. So if you, if you just consider this for a moment, the, the enormity of this, Lord Linlithgow declared war on the behalf of India unilaterally without consulting a single Indian politician or leader. Then the Secretary of State for India, um, Zetland asked that Indian troops be sent to the Middle East in order to protect British imperial interests. Now, we, we looked a lot in the last few podcasts when we were looking at this book um, uh, about the, 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 ways it, the, the ways in which uh, uh, a, a new army was being raised in, uh, in India uh, and about how the, the net was being cast much, much further across Indian society than simply the, what were known as the martial races, which were uh, mainly people, uh, mainly um, uh, Sikhs and Hindus from uh, particular families and castes that had long histories of, of military service. Now there was a kind of a, a, a much broader sort of um, uh, social uh, kind of um, recruitment I- I- into the army. So many, many of the soldiers who were um, who had joined the army and who um, who joined this this new expanding Indian army um, had a variety of reasons for doing so. Many saw this as being an opportunity to have a a better paid and more prestigious job. Um, others to escape the poverty of rural India. Um, so it, it wasn't necessarily that these are kind of imperial, sort of fated imperial subjects that have no choice in the matter and, you know, are going to uh, prop up the empire that oppresses them, which they sort of obviously are doing. Uh, but there is there is obviously there's always with these things kind of agency from the from the individual uh, as well. Shortages of equipment apart, the units forming the 4th Indian Division had been seriously underprepared for desert warfare. As their official historian Riley observes, neither the officers nor the men had ever handled an anti-tank rifle or mortar. They had no motor vehicles or trained drivers. Although the mechanisation of the Indian Army had been approved some time back, the new equipment had not reached India. So these units had at once to be equipped and trained, 
Prior to the Italian declaration of war, the division spent much of its time training to fight its new fully motorised or um, uh, in its new fully motorised organisation. The division also trained for mobile warfare along the 7th British Armoured Division, uh, with which it enjoyed a close working relationship. Um, this would be the, the, the Desert Rats. Um, the, the training continued even after Italy entered the war. As late as October 1940, troops in the division were being trained in anti-tank warfare by a New Zealand anti-tank battery. O'Connor knew that he was badly outnumbered and placed a premium on realistic training and careful rehearsals. In a letter to the two divisions under his command, he insisted that all troops taking part must be trained to such a pitch that their action is almost automatic. Thus, by the time the 4th Indian Division encountered the Italians, it was very well trained. As a staff officer of the 11th Infantry Brigade, he recalled, we were sent out into the desert, and since our training for desert warfare had been hard and continuous, we were fit, we were tough, and we were ready for battle. So I, I suppose one explanation for the astounding victory that that follows where the uh, the small uh, british force uh, managed to defeat a an italian army many times bigger than it was the fact that of course you have a a, a talented commander like o'connor ensuring that the men know what they're doing almost automatically but the fact that graziani isn't doing this is this down? You might say this is down to the fact that you get different personalities in war, and probably that's partly the case. But I, I sense it is something deeper, um, particularly about the, the the nature, not of fascism in in general, but of of Italian fascism, and the the kind of the the rather anarchic nature of it. Um, whereby um, the uh, assumption that um, through radical action and um, decision making and endless dynamism, the enemies will kind of just crumble somehow. Um, and, and obviously, lo logically, that's that's it, things don't really work like that. You need uh, to be properly equipped, properly trained and have a good plan. The morale of the troops remained high despite the devastating reverses suffered by Anglo-French forces in Europe. An Indian soldier wrote home from Egypt, We do not hope to come back soon, not before the death of Hitler. We are determined to finish him off this year. Well, that's an, uh, a bold hope. With Italy's entry into the war, the military censors noted the Indian troops appreciate the possible chance of fighting uh, an increase um, in work relieves monotony. However, the induction of the Central India horse into the division introduced an element of uncertainty. Raghavan writes, When the regiment was preparing for embarkation from Bombay in July 19, uh, 1940, 800, uh, 108 Sikh soldiers, equivalent to one squadron, had refused to proceed on overseas service. This was an early indication of various concerns that they were, uh, that they would gradually, um, that they were gradually enveloping the Jat Sikh peasantry of the Punjab. Um, including the demand for Pakistan by the Muslim League and the anti-war propaganda by the radical Sikh outfits such as Kirti Kisan. Despite attempts by officers and VCOs to cajole them, they persisted in their disobedience. The men had apparently been prepared to resist attempts at coercion and had even talked to shooting the officers and deserting with arms. 
Thanks to some tactful handling, the situation was not, had not escalated into anything more than a refusal to serve abroad. But eventually, the eventual British response had to be had been calculated to set an example. The men had to be had been disarmed, arrested, charged with mutiny, and served stiff sentences. Sixteen soldiers were executed. So by the time the regiment arrived in uh, Egypt, things that were under control, the same day there was a change in the division leadership with Major General Noel Beresford Pierce taking command. Once the new commander was satisfied with the combat readiness of the Central India Horse, the division stood ready to be deployed in for the first time to a forward position in the Western Desert. Now, this little story about the Central India Horse I think it foreshadows the troubles the British will later have with uh, with India and the, the politics of um, independence, the politics of partition and the politics of um, anti-colonialism. And the British are totally reliant on this huge pool of Indian manpower. Um, and yet at the same time, are painfully aware that they they don't they they don't have uh, the kind of moral uh, authority and political authority over some Indian soldiers that they wish they had. Um, so we'll look again at this um, journey into North Africa in uh, the coming weeks. But I hope you found this useful. Um, there, there are some interesting things afoot with the Explaining History podcast. We're coming up to 10 years that, we'll, that I've been doing this podcast. And so in January, there's going to be a kind of a new look and a new sound. Uh, the, the same stuff I'm going to be I talk about every week. We'll, we'll keep doing that. But we, we're going to really up our game a little bit. So there is some exciting stuff coming. Uh, and I, I hope you enjoy it. Take good care, everyone. Do check us out at explaininghistory.org. Um, check us out on Patreon. And um, I wish you a great week and I'll catch you this time next week. Thanks so much. All the best. Bye bye.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.